The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. John. Jesus said to his disciples, I still have many things to say to you, but they would be too much for you now. But when the Spirit of truth comes, he will lead you to the complete truth, since he will not be speaking as from himself, but will say only what he has learned, and he will tell you of the things to come. He will glorify me, since all he tells you will be taken from what is mine. Everything the Father has is mine. That is why I said, all he tells you will be taken from what is mine. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you. I had this bright idea that since I have three masses here, I was going to try and break open the mystery of the Father last night at Maurer, and then the Son now, and then the Spirit a little bit later in the day in Monto. And I'm starting to regret that idea because it's, it's a little harder than I thought it was. But, um, but nonetheless, I'd like to sort of keep on track. Yesterday I was in Maurer with uh, that little group there, and we were looking at the, the Father, you know, this imperceptible origin of life. Uh, and, and I guess you can speak to them about some of the stuff we spoke about. Um, but, but God is basically beyond our vision. The Father is this primordial, creative, uh, loving, merciful Father energy that is coming to us. There's plenty of images that help us draw close to the Father. Think of, think of the wonderful images we have in our art or in our minds. But those images eventually need to collapse so that we don't fall into a kind of adoration of the image itself. Because we're not interested in silly cartoons of God. We want the true and living God. We want to be embraced by our Heavenly Father. And indeed, we are always embraced by Him. He never stops holding us. But we want to experience it. We want to know it through and through. So our our vision sort of blackens the closer we get to the Father. That's why, in a sense, we need the Son. We need this second person to proceed to us, to come and meet us in flesh and blood like ours, just like you in this world, penetrating time and space to walk amongst us. And not just that, not just some historical person like you know, Caesar or some other historical figure, but he incorporates us into his person. That's part of the mystery of baptism. We talk about being incorporated into the mystical body of Christ, where your flesh is swept up into his being. You know? Anyway, think of what God is for a second. And if, um, if I could, I can't see too many young people around, but young people, if you want to venture a guess here, I'd love to hear from you. Describe to me, what is God like? Like, what are some of the attributes of God? How would you describe God? Girls at the back, you're laughing because I know you've got some good ones. Yeah. Loving. Loving. Okay, good. What about what makes God God as opposed to being some other thing? Like, what's exclusive to God? Think of his eternity. Can we say that God's eternal? Right? Okay, that's exclusive. I'm not eternal. (laughs) I'm going to live, I don't know how long, but hopefully a little bit longer than, you know. But um, I'm not eternal, and none of us are. But God is. 
In fact, God didn't even have a beginning. St. Augustine talks about this, and he says, you know, we fall into so many errors when we try and conceive of God. And one of the errors is we think, yeah, God created himself. No, he didn't. God didn't create himself because he's not a creature. He had no beginning. God is. He's eternal. Um, God is also, we say, omnipresent, which means he's everywhere. Where is he? He's, he's everywhere. Um, now, because God is not a creature, because God's not like other stuff, it doesn't matter that he's everywhere. He's not, it's not like you have to say, hey, God, move over so I can sit there. He's not in competition with other stuff either. You know, um, God is harmoniously with us. We're not fighting for space. Um, in fact, the idea is that we'd be perfectly overlapping with our God. We'd, we'd, we'd be occupying the same space. We'd be thinking from the same mind. We'd be loving from the same heart because we're not in competition with our God. It's not a wrestling match. That's what you call sin when we think we have to wrestle with our God. Okay. We've got God, and then we've got humanity, right? And what kind of intimacy does God want with us? Well, he wants absolute intimacy. He wants to know us through and through, to be sort of knitted into our very being, so that, you know, through the course of our lives, it's difficult for people to distinguish where Christ ends and where I begin. We're meant to sort of become him, with him. We can't do it without him. So where do we meet the second person of the Trinity? Where do we meet the eternal Son, begotten of the Father, before all ages, and yet having walked historically in our age, as some little Nazarene boy grew up, lived a beautifully virtuous life, and was killed for it, but rose even from that? Where do we meet him? Think of the words Jesus said. Whatever you do to the least of my brothers and sisters, you've done to me. We meet the son in the poor, in the marginalized, in the outcast, in the invisible in our society. We meet him too in word and in sacrament. That's why we bother to gather here. You know, the church obliges us to come here to meet our Lord and to meet in our Lord. We come as members of that body. We meet the eternal son in each other. Have a look around. Look around and see your brothers and sisters sitting here. We're all one family and we're all adopted into the, the family of, of God. We meet him on mission. You know, Pope Francis is not a stranger to the term missionary disciples. He loves that phrase. That's because that's what we are. Missionary disciples at work in the world. And disciples mean we have... A discipler, <laughs> you know, there's someone who disciplines us, there's someone who kind of sets us out on course, and it's the Lord, speaks to us each by name, and then drives us forward with his powerful, powerful love. Finally, if we could close our eyes for just a second, we meet him in all those places, but we meet him perhaps first and last of all in what we call contemplation. We meet him when we realize that we don't have to go anywhere to find him. He's already found us. He's already traveled eternity to come and embrace us. 
to be bound up in us. Think of when he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He wants to entangle us in himself because he is our life. He is our hope. He is our peace. He is our joy. He's the beginning and end of everything. So why don't we just take a moment now to feel the presence of the Son with and in and through us. We come here to adore the Father in an incredibly privileged place. One person described baptism as sharing in the filial relationship that the Son has with the Father. So we sit here now as beloved son, beloved daughter of God.